Today is the ninth day of November. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It's great to be here with you today. And for that matter, every day, as we continue to take these steps forward through the scriptures. And right now we're working our way through the book of Ezekiel and in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews. And we've been talking about that along the way. Today, reading from the New Living Translation, Ezekiel 20. 1 through 49. On August 14th, during the seventh year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, some of the leaders of Israel came to request a message from the Lord. They sat down in front of me to wait for his reply. Then this message came to me from the Lord Son of man, Tell the leaders of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. How dare you come to ask me for a message? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will tell you nothing. Son of man, bring charges against them that condemn them. Make them realize how detestable the sins of their ancestors really were. Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. When I chose Israel, when I revealed myself to the descendants of Jacob in Egypt, I took a solemn oath that I, the Lord, would be their God. I took a solemn oath that day that I would bring them out of Egypt to a land I had discovered and explored for them. A good land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the best of all lands anywhere. Then I said to them, Each of you, get rid of the vile images you are so obsessed with. Do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt, for I am the Lord your God. But they rebelled against me and would not listen. They did not get rid of the vile images they were obsessed with or forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I threatened to pour out my fury on them to satisfy my anger while they were still in Egypt. But I didn't do it, for I acted to protect the honor of my name. I would not allow shame to be brought on my name among the surrounding nations who saw me reveal myself by bringing the Israelites out of Egypt. So I brought them out of Egypt and led them into the wilderness. There I gave them my decrees and regulations so they could find life by keeping them. And I gave them my Sabbath days of rest as a sign between them and me. It was to remind them that I am the Lord who had set them apart to be holy. But the people of Israel rebelled against me and they refused to obey my decrees there in the wilderness They wouldn't obey my regulations even though obedience would have given them life. They also violated my Sabbath days, so I threatened to pour out my fury on them, and I made plans to utterly consume them in the wilderness. But again, I held back in order to protect the honor of my name before the nations who had seen my power in bringing Israel out of Egypt. But I took a solemn oath against them in the wilderness. 
I swore I would not bring them into the land I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most beautiful place on earth. For they had rejected my regulations, refused to follow my decrees, and violated my Sabbath days. Their hearts were given to their idols. Nevertheless, I took pity on them and held back from destroying them in the wilderness. Then I warned their children not to follow in their parents' footsteps, defiling themselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God, I told them. Follow my decrees, pay attention to my regulations, and keep my Sabbath days holy, for they are a sign to remind you that I am the Lord your God. But their children, too, rebelled against me. They refused to keep my decrees and follow my regulations, even though obedience would have given them life. And they also violated my Sabbath days. So again, I threatened to pour out my fury on them in the wilderness. Nevertheless, I withdrew my judgment against them to protect the honor of my name before the nations that had seen my power in bringing them out of Egypt. But I took a solemn oath against them in the wilderness. I swore I would scatter them among the nations because they did not obey my regulations. They scorned my decrees by violating my Sabbath days and longing for the idols of their ancestors. I gave them over to worthless decrees and regulations that would not lead to life. I let them pollute themselves with the very gifts I had given them, and I allowed them to give their firstborn children as offerings to their gods, so I might devastate them and remind them that I alone am the Lord. Therefore, Son of Man, give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. Your ancestors continued to blaspheme and betray me, for when I brought them into the land I had promised them, they offered sacrifices on every high hill and under every green tree they saw. They roused my fury as they offered up sacrifices to their gods. They brought their perfumes and incense and poured out their liquid offerings to them. I said to them, What is this high place where you are going? This kind of pagan shrine has been called Bama, high place, ever since. Therefore give the people of Israel this message from the Sovereign Lord. Do you plan to pollute yourselves, just as your ancestors did? Do you intend to keep prostituting yourselves by worshipping vile images? For when you offer gifts to them and give your little children to be burned as sacrifices, you continue to pollute yourselves with idols to this day. Should I allow you to ask for a message from me, O people of Israel? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will tell you nothing. You say, We want to be like the nations all around us, who serve idols of wood and stone. But what you have in mind will never happen. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, 
I will rule over you with an iron fist in great anger and with awesome power. And in anger I will reach out with my strong hand and powerful arm, and I will bring you back from the lands where you are scattered. I will bring you into the wilderness of the nations, and there I will judge you face to face. I will judge you there just as I did your ancestors in the wilderness after bringing them out of Egypt, says the Sovereign Lord. I will examine you carefully and hold you to the terms of the covenant. I will purge you of all those who rebel and revolt against me. I will bring them out of the countries where they are in exile, but they will never enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As for you, O people of Israel, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Go right ahead and worship your idols. But sooner or later you will obey me and will stop bringing shame on my holy name by worshiping idols. For on my holy mountain, the great mountain of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord, the people of Israel will someday worship me and I will accept them. There I will require that you bring me all your offerings and choice gifts and sacrifices. When I bring you home from exile, you will be like a pleasing sacrifice to me, and I will display my holiness through you as all the nations watch. Then, when I have brought you home, to the land I promised with a solemn oath to give to your ancestors, you will know that I am the Lord. You will look back on all the ways you defiled yourselves and will hate yourselves because of the evil you have done. You will know that I am the Lord, O people of Israel, when I have honored my name by treating you mercifully in spite of your wickedness. I the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face the south and speak out against it. Prophesy against the brush lands of the Negev. Tell the southern wilderness, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Hear the word of the Lord. I will set you on fire, and every tree, both green and dry, will be burned. The terrible flames will not be quenched and will scorch everything from south to north. And everyone in the world will see that I, the Lord, have set this fire. It will not be put out. Then I said, O Sovereign Lord, they are saying of me, he only talks in riddles. Hebrews 9, 11-28 So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands, 
and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal Spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people, so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sins they had committed under that first covenant. Now, when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person who made it is dead. The will goes into effect only after the person's death. While the person who made it is still alive, the will cannot be put into effect. That is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. After Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, This blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. And in the same way, he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship. In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That is why the tabernacle and everything in it, which were copies of things in heaven, had to be purified by the blood of animals. But the real things in heaven had to be purified with far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf, and he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. If that had been necessary, Christ would have to die again and again, ever since the world began. But now, once, for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again, not to deal with our sins, 
but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Psalm 107, Book 5 Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless. Hungry and thirsty, they nearly died. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Some sat in darkness and deepest gloom, imprisoned in iron chains of misery. They rebelled against the words of God, scorning the counsel of the Most High. That is why He broke them with hard labor. They fell, and no one was there to help them. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and deepest gloom. He snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things He has done for them. For He broke down their prison gates of bronze. He cut apart their bars of iron. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. They couldn't stand the thought of food and they were knocking on death's door. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world. They, too, observed the Lord's power in action, His impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke, and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wit's end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. 
He changes rivers into deserts and springs of water into dry, thirsty land. He turns the fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the wickedness of those who live there. But he also turns deserts into pools of water, the dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and to build their cities. They sow their fields, plant their vineyards, and harvest their bumper crops. How he blesses them. They raise large families there, and their herds of livestock increase. When they decrease in number and become impoverished through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, the Lord pours contempt on their princes, causing them to wander in trackless wastelands. But he rescues the poor from trouble and increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see these things and be glad, while the wicked are struck silent. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Proverbs 27, 11. Be wise, my child, and make my heart glad. Then I will be able to answer my critics. Okay, let's talk about Hebrews for a second. And just by way of reminder, Hebrews was written to Hebrews. So Jewish people. And Hebrews is building and making the argument for Jesus in the Hebrew context. So all this talk about tabernacles in heaven and high priests and all of this stuff that, you know, Melchizedek, all the stuff that we've talked about so far is within a Jewish context. We, most of us who are not Hebrews, who are not Jewish, but are, are rather Gentile believers, have a bit of an understanding about this because we've, we read the Old Testament. So we see how this culture developed, where it came from, how it flourished, how it didn't flourish. And so we can navigate this to a, to a great degree. We're not the same as if it had been embedded into our culture and we've only ever known this, like it's how it is. Kind of like how you could move to another country and learn the language and even live there for a decade, only to realize all of the unspoken things that are just woven into the culture. So Hebrews is speaking in a way that's very clear to the people who are reading this. It's all interwoven into their culture and the argument that Jesus is the final high priest from a Jewish perspective is being made and that all of the rituals and customs that they have in their culture are good, but they're copies of what's actually in heaven perfectly. And this plays into their thoughts and culture. This isn't something that's completely unexpected for them. And Hebrews is just simply trying to say, here's how we missed this. Jesus' blood is the final sacrifice. And he poured it out before God once and for all. 
as our eternal high priest in the perfect place where it cannot be tarnished or ruined or destroyed. And this once and for all language is a big deal because in terms of sacrifice, this is an ongoing thing. So the writer of Hebrews is saying it's fulfilled once and for all. Like Jesus doesn't have to keep dying over and over following the pattern that we've been following all of these years. It's, it's accomplished. It's finished. Which is what Jesus said as his last words from the cross. So Hebrews says, But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice, which is a, a pretty sizable paradigm shift if you were at this time and a Hebrew. So far into the future and as mostly Gentiles, like we know this stuff theologically, but can't always access how good of news this is. Because we've, we've never had to jump through those hoops and do those rituals and have those sacrifices. But the writer of Hebrews is saying, once and for all, it's taken care of. We don't have to do that anymore. So on the one hand, you can see how difficult it would be for them to get their minds around that they don't have to do this anymore from a religious tradition perspective. And on the other hand, you can see what a relief, what a relief it would be if that were true. I can't think of a good example because we're talking about the blood of Christ. So like there's nothing that's going to be that big in our lives. But it's like, you know, for for your entire adulthood, you've probably had to do your laundry. Right? If you don't do your laundry and you don't have the, enough money to wear something brand new every time you put on clothes, then your dirty laundry is going to pile up and uh, then you start wearing dirty clothes. But doing the laundry is something that you hate doing you just have to do it and somebody comes along and is able to say once and for all you don't have to do that anymore well that would be a big relief so that's not like a great example but at least it gets us into the right headspace and that headspace is it's done sin is dealt with it's not supposed to be a part of our story anymore. And it doesn't have to be a part of our story. The sacrifice has been made once and for all before God. And Jesus is now this eternal high priest advocating for us before God and presiding over this new covenant on our behalf. What? A relief the good news of the gospel is. Let's not forget it. And so, Father, we remember. And in understanding further context, we see how big this is, how good this is, how unstoppable this is. The only thing that can stop it is we, ourselves, choosing otherwise and we have 
the entire story in the Old Testament, especially these books of prophecy that we're reading now, to see where those other paths lead. We can certainly walk away, and we will certainly reap what we sow. But that's not what we're going to do, and that's not what we're doing. We're running toward you with a continual heart of repentance, knowing that you are fathering us, that you are teaching us and being merciful to us so that we can grow up and become mature sons and daughters in your kingdom. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, as we contemplate today once and for all and how big that is to our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, and continue to reveal this to us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website, home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at DailyAudioBible.com. There's a link. It's on the homepage. Thank you for your partnership. And of course, if you prefer the mail, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number you can call. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good morning, DAB family. This is Saved by Grace in California. I like to lift up baby Riley uh, up to God. Join me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up baby Riley to you, God. I plead the blood of Jesus over her and I claim her soul for Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, for this upcoming surgery on her heart, Lord. I pray, God, that you guide all the surgeons, the nurses, the anesthesiologists, and everyone in that operating room. I ask that you would encamp your guardian angels, one in each corner of her operating room, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would prepare her heart, Father, that it would be endurance as she goes through this long uh, operation, Father God. I pray for her parents, God, that you would remove all anxiety, worry, and fear from them, Father God, and that instead of worrying, they would worship and praise you and thank you in advance for what you are about to do for Riley. I pray, Father God, as, as she goes through this entire surgery, Father, you would be, you would encompass her with your loving arms and just comfort her and minister to her throughout. Let the angels come Come and minister to her, Father God, singing songs of praise in that baby's ears all through this, Lord. I thank you for this victory that this baby will have, God. I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, you the God that healeth us. I thank you for these parents, Father God, that have been blessed with such a beautiful child. In the name of God, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, my beautiful family. It's Susan from Canada, God's Yellow Flower. Let's uh, pray for Riley, sweet little Riley, uh, who needs heart surgery on the, I think it's the 14th, her dad, her dad said. 
I know there are going to be many, many prayers for her. Um, you guys are so awesome. Uh, so, Lord God, we come before your holy, holy throne. We know that you are God and we are not. You know the beginning from the end. You know the what is needed in our lives more than we even know ourselves. And we just lift up Riley to you today, Lord God, and ask you, Heavenly Father, to just be with her, uh, especially during this surgery. She's just a little tight sweetheart, three and a half years old, and, you know, she won't understand what's going on. But, Lord God, we pray for peace, peace, peace for her and for the family. We pray, dear God, for a skill for the surgeon that goes beyond understanding. We pray for successful surgery and a smooth recovery, and that, that little Riley would be restored to complete health. We praise you, God, for her life, and we uh, ask this all in the blessed and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. My darling Danny, this is Susan from Canada, God's Yellow Flower, and I am feeling your pain so deeply. Your mom's suffering so much, and uh, you're not ready to let her go. And and I can I can understand that. I can understand that. And uh, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help Danny's mom get this pain under control. That you would. Um, Bring healing to all those cancer sores that are opening up and all the cancer in her body. I pray for strength and courage for Danny to face her own trials and tribulations with cancer, as well as her mother's. Just bring about in God a miracle in these lives and um, help them to keep their eyes focused on you and your goodness and your purity and your holiness as they walk through this deep, dark valley. Lead them, Father, to the green pastures, the lush green pastures beside still waters. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Shalom, Daily Audio Bible. This is Dwayne from Wisconsin. All praise and glory to our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Calling in to pray for a young man, Jackson, his mother, Ashley, called in, his papa, is possibly going in the hospice. So I want to lift you up. I want to lift up your papa. We pray everything will go well. We pray that our Lord and Savior will be with him and guide him through this time and through this valley. Be with you, Jackson, and your mother, family and friends, that our Lord will come upon you and give you peace, and uh, that our Lord will be there for you, for your papa as he transitions, if that is God's will. And that God will be with you, that you will be a light for others during this time and celebrate the life that he had and continues to have, we pray. We want to lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless.